When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Welcome back to Draft Buzz. My name is Walter, and on today's episode, we talk about all the quarterbacks and where they may go or where they are going or the deals they've already signed. But it is the big QB carousel of progress as we move into 2023. We've already had some deals. Derek Carr to the Saints, where he's previously negotiated with the Jets and the Panthers. He signed a four-year deal uh, averaging about $37.5 million, although Carr... You know, Carr's contract is going to be interesting. $150 million contract, $100 million of the contract is guaranteed, but only $60 million is fully guaranteed at signing, and I think that's important to remember. Uh, Carr received a $28.5 million signing bonus, and his 2023 and 2024 base salaries are fully guaranteed. Uh, I think this is a big deal uh, that the Carr went to the Saints. I think it was a good move. I thought it was better fit for him. Uh, to go to the Saints compared to going to the Jets. Uh, you know, the, the the Saints have constantly invested in their offensive line. They have a good offensive line. They actually have a good defensive roster, although they are losing a few pieces. They trade away Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. They do have Tyron Matthew there. Um, they still have Marshawn Lattimore for the time being. Uh, they are possibly losing Marcus Davenport in free agency, it sounds like. So we'll see what ends up happening with that team. Peyton Turner, we'll see if he develops as a pass rusher for the Saints. But defensively, they've been a pretty solid defense. I think that, you know, they took a step back last year as well because they lost a few pieces and some guys are getting older, Cam Jordan. But nonetheless, uh, you look at Olave, who's a star in the making, uh, an offensive line that they constantly keep on investing in and developing in. I have some wonders if Alvin Kamara is even going to play the first half of the season, if he plays at all, uh, because he's been indicted. So we'll see what ends up happening going on there. But nonetheless, I do think this was the right fit in a division that's kind of a weaker division. The NFC South kind of is up for grabs, and Carr might just give them enough stability where they can make a playoff push uh, in a division that has the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that seem to be kind of going into a reset, moving on from Donovan Smith and uh, Cam Bray and Leonard Fournette and Levante David's going into free agency and uh, Jamal Dean's going into free agency. So they're losing a lot of pieces from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No more Tom Brady. We'll see who their quarterback's going to be. In fact, as of right now, the Saints are the only team where we know the name of the quarterback starting for 2023. Although we will eventually know the name of the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers because the Carolina Panthers have uh, uh, traded up to the number one overall pick at this point. So we will eventually find out the name to their starting quarterback. It sounds like it's probably going to be C.J. Stroud. Um, you know, I like Derek Carr. I think he's a solid quarterback. I thought he didn't make much sense for the Jets to go after as much as the Saints, especially because the, the, the Jets are still in on a few other options, specifically uh, Aaron Rodgers. And I think Aaron Rodgers is a better fit for the Jets going forward, especially if he doesn't cost them that much in trade compensation. Uh, overall, I thought it was a good deal. I'm not overly concerned with uh, the amount of money that's being spent by the Saints because they don't care either. Um, and again, like I said before, they're in a division where who's going to be the starting quarterback for half the uh, for the other three teams? The Bucks, it might be Kyle Trask, or maybe they sign a Baker Mayfield. Uh, you know, you look at the the Falcons; they have Desmond Ritter. Maybe they draft somebody. Maybe they are the team that is in on the Lamar Jackson hunt, although it hasn't. It doesn't sound like it as of this moment. We will talk a little bit about Lamar Jackson later on in this discussion. 
But nonetheless, Derek Carr to the Saints just seemed right. You know, he had familiarity with Dennis Allen. I think with uh, Pete Carmichael, I think it'll be a good match and a good fit. Uh, we'll talk about Geno Smith signing an extension with the Seattle Seahawks. It didn't sound like the Seahawks were super pushed to extend him and hit him with the franchise tag. So they they were very careful with how they handled this deal. Um, they wanted it at the exact right price that they wanted. And I think it came out to that. Uh, he signed a three-year, $75 million contract with the Seahawks. Geno Smith received a received about $40 million in guarantees, of which uh, $27.3 million is guaranteed at signing. So, again, it's a very, like, uh, there, there's a lot of money to be earned in this contract. Uh, nonetheless, like, I think it's a, it was a solid contract nonetheless. I think he played well. I think it means that the Seahawks are not necessarily out on drafting a quarterback because you know you could sign a you could still draft a guy like an Anthony Richardson, let him sit behind Geno for a year or so, and see where that goes. They could also be you know it gives them a lot more freedom you know cash wise again of the three quarterbacks who signed contracts this offseason who weren't star quarterbacks who were like solid dudes like Derek Carr, Geno Smith, Daniel Jones. The Geno Smith quarterback contract is actually maybe the nicest one of them. Uh, they have some outs in there. Um, if they wanted to move on, even next year, uh, they can move on in 2024. It'll be a little bit of dead money, but it'll still they could still move on from Geno Smith if they wanted to move on from Geno Smith. Um, I think it was solid. He played well this year. They figured out that they can get to the playoffs, at least with Geno Smith. Maybe they could do a little bit more if they build up their defense a little bit more. So it gives them some wiggle room. Um I don't really have much else to say. I'm happy for Gino for getting his money. Uh, he's a solid dude. I, I'm happy that, you know, where he's come. He's, he's had a long journey in the NFL. Uh, it's good to see him get a, a decent extension. I don't really have any negative thoughts on this. I like this. Out of the three quarterback signings in this, this was actually probably the most palatable. Uh, the last one I wanted to talk about as far as extensions go, or signings already, has been Daniel Jones big deal of a contract because he could have just been franchise tagged and they paid him 32 million and get to see another year of him instead they give him a four-year 160 million dollar apy deal there that's not all the 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 rightness of it because there's more to it than that um you know it's the first year is about $21 million. I think that's why they were in such a rush. They wanted to bring down his cap hit this year so they could sign some guys. I, I think it was a little bit of robbing Peter to pay Paul. So now they're locked into Daniel Jones for at least the next two years, which means if he's more of a pumpkin than you thought, you're kind of locked in on him. $82 million fully guaranteed. This could be the deal that hangs around Joe Shane and Dayball's neck, or it could be whatever. It could be fine. I think he's essentially Ryan Tannehill 2.0, which means, you know, you can have a Mike Vrabel-esque situation where they get to the playoffs every year and then get kicked out the first round or second round. Daniel Jones has been fine. He did fine without having anything around him because of the athleticism. He is able to run the ball a little bit. You know, some of the nicknames of Vanilla Vic and all that stuff. Uh, he didn't have a lot going on around him. Remember, they trade Kadarius Tony towards the beginning of the year. Nothing ever seemed to work out with him and Kenny Galladay. I always felt like that skill set never quite clicked. That's fine. It is what it is. Um, you know, I'm not a huge fan of this contract because I feel like I said it locks them into Daniel Jones. 
I don't think they would have been any worse off if they had tagged him and then worked out an extension later on. Other than now they got to tag Saquon Barkley. I, I kind of just feel weird with all that. It doesn't feel like it was a smart move. It felt like a move where they, they felt cherry-picked between the star running back getting tagged and extending the quarterback. And I don't know. It, I, again, $40 million for Daniel Jones, and you're you're looking at what, I mean, again, you look at what rookie quarterbacks are getting paid to to play, and it's seven million dollars if you you know you're drafting them in the top ten. I you know I would have tried finding a way to trade up and maybe get a guy. At that point, maybe you're just too far down in the draft, and they understood that, and they couldn't get a guy like a Will Levi or an Anthony Richardson. But man, that thirty something million more than what you'd be paying a rookie just feels like a lot. Um, I'm gonna get hate from from. Giants fans on it. I didn't like this contract. I thought it was a lot to give them. Um, yeah, they have an out after two years, but like that's a two-year commitment to Daniel Jones. Are you sure you really want to do that? That feels like a, not a great move on anybody's end. But you know what? There's always ways out on things. Uh, you know, if you ever really want to get... You know, they could get out from Daniel Jones as a post-June 1st cut in 2024 if they really wanted to. I just don't think that that would happen. And they would still be giving up a lot of number, you know, $45 million to Daniel Jones in dead cap at that point. Just doesn't really doesn't really make sense. I think at that point they're still pot committed to Daniel Jones. Uh, maybe if they had tra- they trade him at that point. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's the only way they get out from Daniel Jones next year is if they trade him. So we'll see what ends up happening next year. Um, nonetheless, you know what? If they really like him, I think Daniel Jones is probably a really likable guy in a locker room, and that sounds like maybe what the the thing is, is that, hey, you know what? Sometimes if you're seeing that it's working and, it, and they like him and his personality works, you want to make it work. So we'll see what ends up happening with Daniel Jones, where he ends up, you know, if he ends up developing more, um, I wasn't a huge fan of this contract, but it is what it is anyway. We'll move on to some of the other discussions, like the Aaron Rodgers situation, which it sounds more and more likely every day that Aaron Rodgers will probably be a Jet or retired by the end of this offseason. And we'll know probably by Monday or Tuesday. I'm recording this on Friday, March 10th. Um, It doesn't sound like it'll cost the Jets a lot trade value wise to get Aaron Rodgers it certainly doesn't sound like it'll cost them a first round pick this year with that 13th overall pick which is a good thing for them because then they can go ahead and continue to build around Aaron Rodgers um I always felt like this was the marriage that should work um even before they they brought in Hackett it just seemed to make sense um you know you look at what the Jets had you look at what Rodgers has been successful with. I think if the Jets do this, though, they should go all in on bringing in guys like Alan Lazard. And, you know, I know there's going to be a lot of talk about maybe them bringing in Randall Cobb or Robert Tunyon. Tunyon probably shouldn't cost that much to bring in. Cobb shouldn't cost that much to bring in. But I think Cobb's just going to essentially be a player's coach at a certain point uh, if they do end up signing Randall Cobb to be a part of the Aaron Rodgers Jets uh, experience, which I think is fine. I'm not entirely against that idea, but I also think Garrett Wilson being Rookie of the Year is going to sell him on wanting to come there. Getting a guy like Alan Lazard, I think, is going to be a big deal. I think if you bring in Alan Lazard, I think it's essentially a wash with Corey Davis. 
Uh, they'll probably end up trading Corey Davis away. They did just cut Braxton Berrios. So moving on from Corey Davis would be a huge part of that maneuver, I think, unless they just want to keep Corey Davis in there. But I think part of I, I think part of whatever your your plan is with Aaron Rodgers is to bring in weapons for him to be able to be successful in New York. The defense, I think, is still going to be very good for them. Uh but again, I think Aaron. I think it's going to be Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. I'm a really big fan of this idea, but I think you have to commit. You have to build up that O line. You have to build up the wide receiving core. You have to build up everything around Rodgers because you want to make sure it works. Because you're going all in for this, and that's what this maneuver is. And I think I'm fine with it. I'm fine with going all in on it. I'm fine with whatever you have to do to make it work. Um, whether it's, you know, I think it's starting to sound like a second rounder this year and then like a 2024, 2025 con- a conditional pick. Regardless, I think Rodgers with, you know, a couple of pieces around him, I think could end up being a very fun addition for the New York Jets, especially if they bring in the right pieces, whether it's DeAndre Hopkins or Alan Lazard or whoever it is. But I think they need to really make moves to make sure this works for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but they really have to full-on commit, especially making sure that offensive line's in full health and capacity. Uh, Jameis Winston's still under contract with the Saints, but we just talked about Derek Carr signing with the Saints. Uh, apparently, he was offered a deal to you know restructure his contract as kind of an out to be like, hey, like here's an option to stay with us. If you don't want to stay with us, that's fine, but here's your option to stick with us. Uh, I think he'll end up leaving and going somewhere else, but it's also very possible he stays around uh, maybe he likes it in New Orleans, wants to get paid to be a quarterback there and continue to to be there. I think if I'm Winston, I also probably wonder what other spots might sign me because I think Jameis Winston and guys like Baker Mayfield, Andy Dalton, Mariota, I think those guys are going to be, and Carson Wentz, are going to be in the running for signing with teams that have had some injury concerns with their quarterbacks, specifically the 49ers and the Miami Dolphins. Um, especially right now, Baker Mayfield's been tied a lot to the L.A. Rams and the 49ers and the Buccaneers because of the Buccaneers' weird situation at quarterback being that it's just Kyle Trask and Blaine Gabbert. So Tampa's supposedly very intrigued by Baker Mayfield. I wonder if they bring in Baker Mayfield or any of these quarterbacks. Are they moving on from Mike Evans? Are they keeping Mike Evans? What's the strategy there? Um, But I could see that very much being in play. But they also have to deal with their O-line situation as well as they lost a lot of guys last year. Now, they still have Ryan Jensen there, I think. Um, but they just, like, you know, they lost guys to free agency, Ali Marpet. They lost guys to to retirement. So they, they lost a lot of dudes. Um, they just cut Donovan Smith, so they just have, you know, again, Tristan Wirfs is still there. They're talking about moving him to left tackle. Uh, if you're bringing in a guy like Baker Mayfield, you want the O-line to at least be somewhat efficient. You don't want to be kind of sticking them in the fire because we just saw what happened with him on the Carolina Panthers. He was fine when he was on the LA Rams, and he was able to be efficient with not a lot around him. So, But he's also a guy who seems to just do better with not a lot around him, or guys who he has a lot of chemistry with. Um, so we'll see what ends up happening. Baker Mayfield's market's kind of an intriguing one, because he can go to the, he could stay with the LA Rams, hang out with McVay and LaFleur. He could go to the 49ers and spend time in that offense. And, you know really kind of redeem himself there if he has to get playing time, especially with Brock Purdy coming off the UCL uh, surgery, Trey Lance coming off of his injury. Um, so, again, I think that could be a very big 
opportunity for him. The Buccaneers, you know, there's been some talk maybe Washington, although I haven't seen any news on Washington doing that. But again, I think Baker Mayfield, Jameis Winston, uh, you know, Miami could also be in the running for one of those guys because uh, Tua has been dealing with a lot of concussion issues recently. He's had some injury issues as well. So if they get brought into maybe a place like Miami, having a strong arm quarterback throwing to Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill could be a very good situation for those quarterbacks if they have to step in the game and you're just chucking it downfield. They would be an instant improvement over Teddy Bridgewater as, as it stands right now. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, a lot of talk right now to the Raiders, to the Texans, teams that have had uh, teams that have personnel that have familiarity with him. He's got a familiarity with Nick Casario, with the Texans, and with D'Amico Ryan's, given that he's coming from the 49ers staff. Um, so a lot of talk about him possibly going to the Texans, and maybe you know they try to sit the quarterback who they drafted number two overall. If it's Bryce Young, if it's C.J. Stroud, if it's Anthony Richardson. Will Levi, and I'll do my draft takes later on on a different episode. But again, a lot of talk that whether it's the Texans or the Raiders, given Garoppolo's familiarity with those two staffs, I think that it's probably one of those teams that Garoppolo goes to. Uh, Alright, talking about Daniel Jones. Mariota, I'm curious if, if Seattle doesn't sign or draft anybody, maybe he goes there to back up Geno Smith. He has a Seems to prefer the West Coast, so maybe he goes to one of the West Coast teams to stick closer to that side. I know he came to the Falcons for a bit, but once you know, once he was no longer a starter, he kind of just wanted to be with his family, and that's kind of been a thing with him. Even when he was with Tennessee, there was a lot of stuff going on with the family stuff. So maybe if Baker Mayfield's not back with the Rams, maybe Mariota goes to the Rams, maybe he goes to the Niners, maybe he retires. I think it's a very big possibility there. Um, you know, we'll see what ends up happening with the Raiders. Lamar Jackson, you know, we know about the first round pick, uh, the the two first round picks. If you know, non exclusive tag, uh, will anybody offer him a fully guaranteed contract plus two first round picks? Weird that we're coming a year later from the Deshaun Watson and uh, and Russell Wilson sweepstakes, and now we're here with Lamar Jackson, and it feels like a lot of teams are already out before they've admitted that they're in. Um, I feel like I would start making the Ravens start to sweat on that. But again, I think a lot of people are like, well, you know, it's a lot of money. You'd have to tie up in Lamar if you're going to offer him that. Part of the reason why the Falcons lost out probably on Deshaun Watson last year was the fully guaranteed deal to Deshaun Watson. So it sounds like they might not want to offer him one over the, you know, and try to offer up two first round picks and $250 million. I also think you got to remember the Atlanta Falcons were in on that deal because they also had their ownership had a familiarity with Deshaun Watson. There was a uh, they were they were in the running because Deshaun Watson kind of liked the Falcons had had a relationship with the Falcons from when he was you know when he was growing up. He was a ball boy there. There's a lot more that goes on with the Falcons and Watson compared to the other teams that were in on Watson. Um, but that fully guaranteed deal doesn't sound like anybody else, any other team really wants to give up a fully guaranteed deal. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's, you know, I, we'll see what ends up happening with Lamar and all that. Andy Dalton's another guy who's going to probably be available that I think could be, uh, you know, in the running for maybe not a starting job, but again, a high-end backup gig. Taylor Heineke, another dude that maybe he goes to... Miami or Arizona and fills in for an injured starter like a Kyler Murray 
like a Tua if there's any issues, but yeah, the the QB carousel starts out kind of exciting and becomes a bit of a roller coaster as we go forward. Um, we're still waiting on a few different names, but I really feel like, again, the Jimmy Garoppolo one is the, the big one. I think everybody's still waiting for when that comes up in free agency next week. Um, and then it'll be whoever drafts who in this draft class. Like I said, we already had the, the trade up for the number one overall pick, so we'll see what ends up happening there. But beyond all that, thanks for tuning in. Uh, check in the next episode where I talk about the the, the head coaching hires. Uh, if you want, you can follow the podcast at DraftVice on Twitter, at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at B-R-O-J-O. Death is in the end of life. Punch like a delicious drink you drink in the summer. And until next time, peace out, Girl Scouts. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about the past. I'm about the people.